right, so we are here with Erin, the CEO at Willful. Um, we're super pumped today to talk about all things about why you need a will in 2022. Erin is the co-founder and CEO of an online planning platform called Willful, um, and she drives that company's mission to make it easier for Canadians to prepare for and deal with death in the digital age. So very on-point topic for women. We're going to talk all about why you need a will in 2022, especially as a female and a woman. So let's just jump right into it. So welcome, Erin. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks, Maria. Really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So a lot of people think that you need to be old or rich in order to get a will. I hear that a lot, like, oh, I don't have a lot of things or all sorts of different reasons why I don't need a will. When should a Canadian woman get a will? What if they're single? Do they need one? Can you kind of elaborate on that? For sure. Well, I'm really excited to be talking today, especially because I'm not coming to you as an estate lawyer. We always say that Willful was founded by consumers for consumers. It was really my husband and I uh, who started it in 2017 after we had a family member pass away and saw how many unanswered questions there were because that person hadn't discussed end of life planning. And so our goal is really to, to get people talking about it and unfortunately getting you to face your own mortality, which is a bit of a guarantee. Unfortunately, it I, I hope it happens when you're 99, but it may not. Uh, and really our message is all about being prepared for the unexpected. And COVID showed us that can happen anytime. So just to explain at its very most basic, a will is a simple legal document that says who gets your stuff and who takes care of dependents when you pass away. And I think there's a misconception that you only need a will if you have a lot of assets because we naturally think, oh, a will is where we're going to pass on our riches as soon as we get those riches. Uh, but in reality, a will also appoints an executor. That's the person who has the legal authority to actually wrap up and settle your estate. And if you don't have a will, then the courts have to appoint that person. Same with guardians for children. So if you have, you know, I have a five month old, if my husband and I, God forbid, were to pass away um, and I didn't have a will, the courts would have to appoint a guardian for her care. So a will is really not about being wealthy. It's about putting um, control in the hands of people you trust to make decisions after you pass away. So therefore, ideally, I'd like you to get a will as soon as you turn the age of majority in your province, 18 in Ontario. But realistically, most people um, see life triggers as the reasons for uh, getting a will. Having a child, getting married, acquiring a large asset, getting some savings. Uh, and that's typically when people choose to actually get this done. So that's a really good um, kind of bring up my next question is what happens if you were to die without a will in Canada? Yeah, so this is a this is also, I think, one where a lot of people don't know what happened. So people say things to me all the time, like, well, if I died, you know, my my family would just get my assets anyways. But I always have to correct them that um, there's actually a government formula in each province that dictates how your assets would be distributed. So it starts with your legal spouse. Common laws are spouses are not accounted for. So if you're in a common law relationship and you pass away, they're not entitled to anything. They can make a claim to the court, but that's a big, you know, stress on their shoulders. Um, then it goes to kids, then it goes to family. But a common scenario, if you're watching, you may have a spouse and kids and you may think, well, everything would just go to my spouse. But that's actually not true. It would be split between your spouse and your child. And if your spouse, if your child is under 18, that money would be tied up in a trust until they turn 18. So that can get really, really messy. So that's the first reason to, to 
to make sure you have one is so that that government formula doesn't give it to people who you may not want to have your assets. And then the other reason I already mentioned, which is if you die without a will, the courts have to appoint an executor. Uh, the uh, family court has to appoint a guardian for any minor children if there's no surviving parent. Uh, but also just Maria, it's it's stressful, right? Like with, with our family, we saw, you know, Uncle Dave had never discussed whether he wanted to be buried or cremated. That's something we add in our wills. Uh, so at least your family knows. We didn't know where Uncle Dave's will was, if he had life insurance, where to find important papers. So I think having a will is obviously really important to make sure those legal decisions are made. But we're also just advocating for having those conversations in general so that your family doesn't have those unanswered questions. And I think it's a really stressful time, obviously, when someone passes. And so the last thing you want to do is just add more stress and try to figure that out. I mean, we've had deaths in our family to deal with that. And there's so many things that you don't think about um, before, right? You think, okay, yeah, I have these things in place. And then all of a sudden something happens and you're like, oh yeah, what about this? And what about that? There's so many little things. So I'm a huge proponent of estate planning and having a will as well. So uh, I can totally get that. So BC was the first province to allow digital will signing, which is awesome. That was last December. Uh, can you share more about uh, that process of digital wills and how that compares to the traditional process and kind of explaining that for us? Because we have people listening from all over. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, you know, if you think about getting a will, you probably have one picture in your head, which is going to a lawyer's office in person. They're probably wearing a suit. You're probably overwhelmed and worried that you're going to get overcharged. Uh, so to make a will in Canada, there's a few different ways you can do it. You can actually handwrite your will as long as you're not in BC or PEI. So you can literally just take pen to paper. Aretha Franklin apparently had a handwritten will, even though she had all the money in the world to buy fancy lawyer services. Uh, you can use a will kit. So one of those physical kits that you might buy from a store like Staples. Uh, you can use an online platform like Willful, or you can visit a lawyer or a notary if you're watching in Quebec or BC. Uh, but the, it's a very paper-based process. So even if you make a will online with a platform like Willful, up until December, you would have had to print out the document that we provide to you and execute it, sign and witness it according to the instructions we provide and store that paper copy in you know, a filing cabinet or a box somewhere. So it seems pretty antiquated, especially during COVID where we couldn't really get together with witnesses or visit a lawyer's office. Uh, so thankfully, uh, legislators are starting to change. So in December, as you mentioned, uh, we moved to fully digital wills in BC, the first province to do so. So that means you can digitally sign a will, you can get on Zoom with your witnesses instead of in person, and you can actually store that will online, you know, store the file, you know, email it to your executor, store it on your computer. But if you're watching from any other province other than BC, unfortunately, it's still all paper. Well, hopefully other provinces kind of take BC's lead. I feel like in Canada, as soon as one starts doing it, then eventually it kind of you get a domino effect. So hopefully soon we'll have that That's across the, the board. So why should women in particular be prioritizing estate plannings and wills this year in 2022? Why is it specifically important for women? Yeah, I think there's two main reasons. Uh, number one, you're often the brains of your family, right? I mean, I know I just had a baby. I am totally the person who's 
my husband, Kevin might be grocery shopping, but I'm making the grocery list. You know, I'm buying the birthday cards. I'm making sure that all the bills have been paid. That's just kind of women's role. Unfortunately, I wish it wasn't the case in 2022, but we carry a lot of that emotional labor. So I often hear from women that they are the decision makers, the drivers on getting a will. And because if they don't do it, often their spouse is not going to step up. And I also often hear from women that they haven't created a will because their spouse refuses to talk about death. So one tip is wills are like tax returns. They are individual. And if your spouse does not want to, or partner, whoever it is, does not want to talk about it, you don't need them. You can actually go through and create your will on your own and get that done. Um, The other reason that I think it's important for women is that a lot of women are not running the finances in their home. I run all of our finances, uh, but a lot of women, you know, either they're they're staying at home, they're not working outside the home, or it's just not their forte. And if you don't have a clear financial picture of, you know, what assets you have, where things are stored, and your spouse were to pass away, you really would have a hard time wrapping things up and finding out where those things are located. So it's really in your best interest, especially if you don't manage the finances, to have the conversation, to make sure you've listed out things like where where you bank and where where your investments are held and to have a will because uh, you're going to be the one dealing with that if uh, if something happens. Yeah, and I think that also goes for single women as well, right? Even if you're not part of a partnership or a family, it's like you still want to be creating ownership for your stuff um, and taking control of that. So I think it goes for women across the board. So I think that's a really great point. Absolutely. And also you have to think about not just yourself and your own immediate family, your spouse, your children, but also your parents, right? I'm 36, almost 37. My parents are, you know, seniors. And when they pass away, I'm going to be the executor for their estate. So it's in my best interest to have those conversations with my parents as well. Do you have a will? What are your funeral and burial wishes? I don't want to feel like, you know, I'm having them cremated when really my dad wants his body donated to science and I'm not doing right by him. So the message that I have for you today is not just create your own will, make sure that you're you're protected and plan things out, but also talk to your parents, your siblings, your spouse. And I know it's not a fun conversation, but honestly, you know, it's an inevitability of life. And it's one of those things where I brought it up with my parents over a glass of wine and they're never reticent to talk about it. I mean, most people have thought about this stuff. I know I want a massive celebration of life with pizza and wine and, you know, it's hard not to think about this stuff. So I'd say, um, you know, it's important to discuss it with, with your parents so that you're not the one who's scrambling when you already have a busy life in case something happens. Um, I, I agree. And I think we've had that same conversation with our parents. I've had it with my in-laws. Uh, I'm the type of person in my family that has those conversations. I was like, why are we talking about this? And it's like, because at some point somebody said to me, a will is not for you. It's for everyone who's left. Right. So, um, and it is a good conversation to have with our parents because as kids, we are probably their executors. Um, and we may not even know it. Right. So I think it's definitely a good conversation to have. I'm all for that as well. So what are some mistakes that you see women make or what should they avoid when, um, doing some estate planning? What are some mistakes that they should avoid? Yeah. So I think the first, well, the first mistake is not doing it, but, uh, but we've already gotten over that, Maria. We've convinced everybody they're going to leave here. They're going to get their will. And I also want to highlight, you know, obviously I run an online will company, but my message is all about getting a will, whichever method is right for you. You might have complexity to your situation and our platform is like the TurboTax for estate planning. So you may want to visit a lawyer just because you're more comfortable with that face-to-face conversation, uh, or because you have complexity and that's okay. Get a will. I don't care how you do it. 
when it comes to mistakes, I think the biggest one is thinking that you have to create it with your spouse uh, and letting them slow you down. I've had to tell many a girlfriend of mine, uh, hey, you can do it without Daniel. You know, it's time to go ahead with it and just get it done. Um, the other thing I would say is letting it collect dust over years. So, for example, I, our parents, for example, may have created a will 20 years ago, and it's really treated as this set it and forget it thing. You create a will, you put it in a filing cabinet with your life insurance documents, and you literally don't think about it or look at it for 20 years. And then when you pass away, half the people named in the will have already died. You've left something to that best friend that you haven't talked to in 20 years. Your ex-wife is still named in the will. I mean, so my point is a will and an estate plan, they're a living, breathing thing, and they should be updated as your life changes. So making sure that you can make updates to the will when you have more children, you move provinces, you know, someone named in the will passes away is super important. And on Willful, we do offer free updates, which is nice because it doesn't break the bank. What a great uh, point. My parents were those parents. So I remember when they, I, we forced them to update their will and they still had like guardianship. And I'm like, we're all in our thirties. What are you, who's going to guardian us? It doesn't make sense. So I, that makes me laugh a little bit. I can understand that as a mistake. So we're all about the summit's all about taking action. Um, if there is one action step, someone's listening to this, they're like, okay, this is a kick and butt I need. I need to create my will. I got to do something here. What is one action step? Somebody watching right now, they're done watching the video. What's one thing that they can do right away? Okay. So one thing that is a little self-promotional is sign up for an account on Willful. And the reason I say that is you don't have to pay until the end. We have a 30 day money back guarantee. So if it's not a fit for you, great, just got a refund. And we send you emails that hold you accountable that educate you on the process. So at least you'll have a bug in your ear saying, Hey, you said you wanted to get your will done, get it done. One non-willful related tangible step is grab a piece of paper or the note section on your iPhone and write down who would my executor be? Who would be the guardian of my children, or at least a few people I'd like to think about? And who do I actually want to be my beneficiaries? As long as you have those three decisions made, making the will is not difficult at all. You've overcome the most difficult steps. So as long as you have those three sets of people, um, that's something you could do today, or at least make a note that you need to discuss it further with a spouse, family member, et cetera. Good. And start thinking about it, right? Even just start thinking about like, oh yeah, executor, never thought about that. Beneficiaries, you know, um, getting some of the information. Those are all super great tips. Um, I, Aaron, I appreciate your time. Is there anything else that we should know about wills kind of before we sign off? It's been like a lot of action packed stuff. I think we're going to watch this a few times and take some notes. Um, I like your point about you don't need to have your spouse, or your partner, you can do it on your own. I think that's a really good tip that I never even thought about. Uh, but is there anything else that we should know? Well, Maria, I'm going to end it on a really fun note and tell you about the importance of power of attorney documents. So a will comes into effect when you pass away. Power of attorney documents are the, uh, you know, I'm incapacitated, I'm in a coma, I, you know, have Alzheimer's, um, and it appoints someone to make decisions for you about your finances and health while you're still alive. Not the most fun to think about, but really, really important. You can get both done on Willful or wherever else, but um, get them both done at the same time. Great. That's a really good tip. I know when we did our first wills, I didn't even know what those were. And our lawyer's like, yeah, we're probably together. I'm like, cool. Great. Yeah. No idea what we're talking about. So, um, I'm glad that you highlighted that here. So lots of action pack steps. I think we're going to watch this a few times and take some notes. So Aaron, thank you for your time. Thanks Maria.